Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. It's Dolapo, aka Stripe Auntie, back at it again with a new episode on the Stripe Chat. This podcast is all about sharing my journey of intuition with you, as well as sharing different career pathways and all the joys of navigating the 20s. Today, I have a special guest uh, with me today. Her name is Lola. Hi, Lola. Say hi to the peoples. <laughs> hello, hello, Stripe Chat. Hello. <laughs> hello. Thank you so much for joining us today. How's your day going? My day's been going pretty well. I cannot complain, at least not yet. Oh, I'm thankful. Yeah. You know what? A win is a win. That sounds like a, it sounds like a win to me. Yeah, definitely. A win is a win. You got to claim it, <laughs> claim it. I claim it for you. to existence. <laughs> yes. Let's manifest it. Amazing. Thank you for joining us once again. Would love for you to maybe share with the people a little bit about yourself to kick us off. Absolutely. So my name is Lola. I'm known on Instagram as Ola Miss Lola. <laughs> I like I, that. <laughs> right? I mean, it works, right? So, but without the, without the H, because no appropriation here. But um, I am a host of the podcast, This Black Girl Podcast. It's been around since, I want to say, November of 2020. I've been the lead host and I've had, you know, a couple co-hosts in and out throughout the years. And it's a more conversational podcast where we address and talk about a lot of relationships, whether it's work relationships, personal relationships, intimate relationships, family relationships, all facets of relationships and how they affect our lives, essentially. I'm also an entrepreneur. I have my own business. Okay. Um, and, you know... The day worker, you know, I do my night. Girl, to you do it all. <laughs> yeah, so a little too much, but it, it's all good. It's all good. That's amazing. Well, huge kudos to you because juggling all of those three things does not sound easy, but you know what they say about Black Girl Magic. Period. Exactly. <laughs> you, you just you just have to make it work. You have to make it work. You have to make it work. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned earlier that, you know, you do a little bit of nine to five entrepreneurship and also your podcast. Walk mm -hmm. us through what made you create the podcast. Well, as you know, the pandemic, aka the panorama, aka Corona, COVID, whatever you want to call it, had everybody stuck in the house, bored, uh, you know, nothing much to do. Me and my best friend, we actually used to have a radio station Ooh. show when we were in university. Okay. So while we were just, you know, bored in the house and the house board, <laughs> we decided <laughs> to, you know, we're like, you know what? We missed that. That was so fun. We're talking every day. Anyhow, you know, let's kiki it up and spread that magic back okay. onto the internet. So essentially we had relaunched that old former show more so as like this black girl podcast and so we had done it together for about a solid year and then she had to take a break just because she had her own responsibilities respecting work-life balance so she had stepped away and it has been me for like essentially the second year and then I have my partner who usually comes in and will help being you know that 
that sounding board, <laughs> so to speak. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Supportive partners are essential and very important. And Amen. so shout out to that. When it comes to entrepreneurship, what does that entail for you? Entrepreneurship has honestly been a huge chunk of my life. There's always been a spirit of mine that never felt compelled to work under nobody. Amen. <laughs> it's always been a thing since I was like a very young girl, whether it was, you know, crafting and selling my own jewelry, you know, designing and making garments and clothing, and then kind of have it morphed into me having my own event company. Okay. But then, as you know, Corona's shut that down. So now I've just kind of shifted back into like custom, custom gifts, custom clothes, custom pieces, period. And that's kind of where I've landed that I like. Okay. So you mentioned a little bit that, you know, you started when you were little from making different jewelry, arts and craft, and then your event business, mm -hmm. and now what you are doing. Walk us through your favorite part of entrepreneurship. What keeps you excited to keep going back to entrepreneurship? Um, I feel like there's just something about seeing somebody get excited for something that you know, like you did yourself. Like mm -hmm. it was your efforts, your ideas, your vision. And somebody saw that and was like, you know what? Yeah. Not only, yeah, I like it. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to pay guap for that. Or yeah, I want to sign you and have your products in my, my store. It's like those types of moments that just feel, I don't know, I guess so fulfilling and rewarding for myself. And like, it makes doing like, I guess all of that hard and upfront work, it mm -hmm. makes it easier or it makes it, yeah, it makes it easier for me, if, so to speak. Cause I don't want to say that Oh, it's easy once you get started. It's never easy. Like oh, no. Yourself, you're funding for yourself. You're accounting for yourself. You're business and managing for yourself. You're marketing for yourself. It's a lot. <laughs> like Whitney Houston said, you become every woman. Yes. Like, it's all in you. <laughs> that. All of that. <laughs> Literally every woman. This is something I... Every hat. Every single hat. Realizing yeah. over the past few weeks, I just fully launched into entrepreneurship myself after working corporate or like working in tech for yeah. quite a bit of time. And so it's a transition. It definitely is a transition to get used to. Well, okay. It's funny enough. I'm, I guess I'm flipped because I went from entrepreneurship into tech. Like I'm also a tech girly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, because I had that entrepreneurship background, especially for like startups and things like that, it's been benefiting me in the sense that like, you know, being okay with or being able to handle the workload of putting on 12 different hats. Like, mm -hmm. like day job doesn't need to know that I wear 15 different hats every day. Like that's my look. None of your business. Right. But it's a great, and I guess a great muscle to flex because the fact that they don't know I wear 15 hats and work, maybe I'm wearing like three or four and I'm like, Oh, you know what? If I had to take on this workload, it might probably need to be compensated a little bit more as you should you be, know? as you should be, as you should be. Right. But because like, you know, a lot of people like to underestimate say, Oh, they can handle this. They can handle that. But when they see somebody who can handle it and is doing the damn thing, hmm. 
it shows that like, okay, this person is like high value. They can handle certain things that other people cannot. We need to keep that person. And so we need to keep them paid. And so that's kind of where I've been flexing that muscle a lot, especially in this space. No, that's incredible. The tech ecosystem is rapidly changing. <laughs> I said it in the, the most diplomatic way ever. I was like, rapidly I'm, I'm changing. undiplomatic for you. It is a mess. Okay. At least, at least where I'm not going to get too deep into where I'm at, but it's a mess. It's a when mess. Don't, when you don't have the right leadership helm. Mm, preach. Like, cause here's the thing. You can have the vision, you can have the ideas and whatnot, but if you don't have the insight and the understanding that like, you know, you can't have, how can I put this? You can't have like. Because we're in, we're in different provinces, so the stores are different. Do you have a metro? Yeah. Okay. You can't have metro grocery store on a no frills budget. Of course. You know? It don't make no. It make no. It's the whole do less with more. How? <laughs> How? How? How do you expect me to run when I have only like like a person with one leg? I can't. You're not even giving me, you know, and what you call it? Like uh, you're not even giving me amputee leg no 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 assistance whatsoever no assistive device no assistive tools i may be black girl magic but not your magic you want voodoo that ain't it (laughs) and no shades of voodoo because i know that's a whole different culture oh no yeah no no yes no we do not look you know african spirituality from a condoning lens no that's not it what i'm trying to say is like they want to exploit i guess those those black magic gifts oh pain the colonizer coin and that's not the magic i i sign up for no you know? no it is not it's ironic i was having this conversation with someone a couple days ago along the lines of exploitation mm-hmm. in the workforce especially of black women which we will come back to in a bit i want yeah. to take us a step back to when you were in high school and university so when you were in high school what did you think you wanted to become i guess when i started high school i wanted to get into psychology i wanted to work with child and youth psychology i wanted to help the people i wanted to heal the people by the end like i guess by the end of high school i still kind of wanted to be there But then I also realized and recognized that, you know, the more artistic endeavors, especially like in design and fashion design and stuff like that and dramatic arts was something not only like supported, but like encouraged by my family. And that's not very common for black families to be like, you want to do like, no, no. (laughs) So, but, but. I guess like I was very lucky and very thankful that like my mom was super supportive of like artistic talents. I guess she was kind of the person that's like, I'll take any stage. <laughs> I'll take any stage. So that's amazing. Whether it was a theater stage, whether it was a runway stage, she was she was there for it. And so I really appreciate that about her. And so towards the end of it, I was kind of leaning more into like more creative fields, things like that. But I still pursued I guess the psychology end of it. And I went to school for psychology and I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of work, (laughs) but I actually have no regrets because now 
as an adult, especially in like corporate worlds and business worlds, it shows me how to handle people. Yeah. How to handle people, how to deal with people. So it's been a it's been a great benefit, at least for myself. Okay, wow. No, that's amazing. I, I took psychology in like high school, grade eleven, mm-hmm. but I never revisited again until I had to see a therapist. So <laughs> Don't worry. I see my therapist too. She's scheduled for today. Don't worry. Love it. Love Don't it. <laughs> it's such an important area and area of study. So you did psychology. What did you do right after uni then? Did you start working? More school? What was that I, like? After after uni, I did I was working. Like I worked throughout university because I had a mix of like student loans and scholarships. So it wasn't like a full kind of situation. So I had to work throughout school. After school, I shifted from just like a regular part-time job. I had my first full-time job, but it was ironically enough working in marketing. Ooh. Yes. So it was like my first little dive into the corporate-esque world, but it was still a little flavor of entrepreneurship because the company I was working for was a small business. So like I worked directly with the CEO. I saw like her day-to-day things that she had to go through, challenges, stuff like that, already learning from jump how to handle and juggle all those hats and things like that and make it work. So it was a great couple of years in terms of learning experience. Mm -hmm. And then um, I shifted from that to non-for-profit, do not recommend it, left me with corporate PTSD. <laughs> wow, that's really ironic. True. That an- really true. Another topic for another day because the yeah. nonprofit sector, there is a lot of great intentions, but at times it's masked in so much more than that, whether it's like superiority yeah. complex or saviorism and so many other things but we digress <laughs> oh that that itself we could be the whole episode yes <laughs> i will i will take off the band-aid of trauma to, to talk about it with you happily but yeah like you said great intentions or or insidious execution mm-hmm. that's my summary of it but shifted from not-for-profit did not like it. Essentially took like a, a break, almost like a mini sabbatical afterwards. Mm-hmm. And just went on my own personal ju- like journey of like self-healing and growth and just really revisiting myself. And when I did, the one thing that kind of stuck, always stuck, the entrepreneurship. So mm-hmm. it's like I kind of, you know, COVID was happening afterwards and things and like health problems and everything. So it was just kind of like, I worked on healing myself, figured out what I really wanted to do with myself and kind of restarted, so to speak. So it's like, I started launching my business, figure out what I wanted to do, um, you know, kind of understanding moving forward because I love to do like many things. That's my problem. That's not a problem. (laughs) That's not a problem. problem. No, it is a problem because, well, if you want to be really good at what you do, and it's funny because I'm seeing this parallel with the business that I work for, my nine to five, my day job. Yeah. When you try to do too much, like you said, doing too much with too little, I don't have Mm. enough time to fully commit to all of the projects I want to do yet. The problem is when you don't have enough time to commit to and refine what you really want to do, it makes it hard to do 
all of the things you want to do properly. Mm -hmm. So it's not that doing everything is a problem. It's just if you want to like, you know, really tackle down that one thing, get it right, or at least get it into a system that works for you and then move on to the next thing or expand to the next project. You can't just like, if you spread out once, like you, you visually can see you spread out too thin. But if you kind of go to one thing, build it up, go to the next thing, build it up, you're actually growing rather than spreading out too thin. So that's kind of where I'm just kind of like, okay, pump the brakes just a little. Just a little. And focus, okay, what do you really like? Start working on that. Okay, build that up make sure that is good. You're set, let's move on to the next thing now. Build that up. That's kind of where my mindset's going. Okay, no, that that I I can understand and comprehend. I I hear that a little bit. I think it was a little bit of my defensiveness coming up because also someone who likes to do a lot of things at the same time and for a long time, especially while in university and outside of university, I wanted to become expert at one thing and I tried that route in terms of, you know, just narrowing myself to a certain industry. However, mm -hmm. it was painful. It's something my brain does not do a good job of comprehending. And yeah. so one of the, I saw a post on LinkedIn the other day in terms of people that are polymaths or like polygots and, and the advantages of that. And I think, although yes, there's something to be said about being very, very great at one thing or working on one thing at a time, there's mm -hmm. also another thing to be said that when you're working on multiple projects or multiple things again i'm saying multiple so maybe like two or three i think after yeah. two or three things it's just it's just chaos. impossible or chaos at that point you gain a lot of transferable skills and transferable knowledge yeah. as well that yes. really ends up contributing to all of the projects you're working on at the same time so mm -hmm. i think those two things can be true at the same time and yes. each person kind of picks the devil that they want to deal with in, yeah. in, in that scenario. Well, and I, and I wholeheartedly agree because literally transferable skills is what essentially when I started with this company and where I'm at now, the difference in pay, like if, if, if 2020 yep. me yep. told me today that between now and in tw and two years, like your income was going to like increase. I think I was able to increase it by $22,000. Okay. All the snaps. And transferable skills, literally all because of that. Yeah. So you're, and that's, that's literally like tangible money that hits my bank account mm -hmm. every, every, you know, my weeklies. And I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for it. But I do think that there's, like a method to it. And I don't like, you have to work at your own pace because everyone's learning curve is different. Of course. But there's no harm in learning one thing, practicing it, you know, and if like, let's say it gets too overwhelming, you can put it down and pick up the next hobby. Mm -hmm. But, you know, taking your time with it so that when you do it, you do it well, that nobody can take that. Because like, once you have that skill down pat, nobody can take it away from you. All you can do is you know, learn it more, refine it more, improve it more. Like even for myself, uh, I management. Yeah. Like I know that shit the back of my hand, mm. you know, like I was managing events with like 30 K budgets, helping to raise millions of dollars, like 
literally like half a million dollars I was able to raise in one year for like that wow. triggering non for profit easily, <laughs> you know, like the one that should not be named. <laughs> the one that will not be. <laughs> but you know, I had that job as as triggering as it was like taught me media training, taught me mm -hmm. how to, you know, sponsorships, partnerships, taught me grant writing, taught me so many things that helped me now. And even though, you know, like it wasn't something that I formally learned, I said to myself, like, okay, well, while I'm doing nothing on like, you know, pandemic era, I was doing online classes, getting my online certification so that if I do want to go back into event management outside of just working for somebody else, I can do it for myself mm. and say, guess what? I'm certified in event management. I'm certified. You're like, you need a certified wedding planner. She's right here getting married. I got you. <laughs> this time I got you you know like um so it just like it's one thing to know something it's it's also benefit to like further educate yourself to yes. build yourself because again it does hit different when you say guess what I'm certified, I'm certified. versus just having the industry knowledge but having having both is helpful but again it's figuring it out when you can do it at your own time, at your own pace, like even something as simple as like doing nails. Yeah. I'm not certified, but I have it ready. Oh, <laughs> y'all can't see this right now, but she's showing me, <laughs> she's showing me her nail kit. So yeah, should, like, should we yeah, be like, expecting this ready. soon? I stay on the ready. Like I can do hair, I can do makeup, I can do nails. I need to make an outfit from scratch. I have the sewing machine, it's here. That's incredible. Okay, I want us to pause for a second because I yeah. think this is a very critical learning moment for people that are listening, especially when it comes to building career and basically going on a career pathway that is unconventional. You have shared a lot here in regards to, you know, the different industries you've worked at, as well as all the different skills and knowledge you've picked up along the way. Now, I got to ask, because I'm sure other people are dying to hear, what are three things that helped you get that increase of like 22K in your, in your salary? Like what, for anyone that's listening, what could they do to potentially do that for themselves as well? Well, the number, I would say the, I'm going to start from three to one. Three okay. to one is, you know, if. Don't be afraid to create the opportunity for you. Oh, one okay. moment. Can you say that again for the people in the back? Do not be afraid to create the opportunity for you. Because it started with, uh, it started with my team lead at the time presenting the initial job position as an opportunity, like a project. It was supposed to be a temporary project, mind you, as mm -hmm. well. And so I said to myself, like, you know, this main, this main role, it's okay, but you know, I would rather do that. That one, that one seems a little easier for me, even though in theory it was more work. So I reached out, I said, I was interested, you know, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Mind you, there was no compensation talk at the time. It was just who wants to take care of this project. I offered, I was able to kind of lock it down. I was like, perfect. Once I locked it down, I said, hey, you know what? This is taking me away from my main job, which would provide extra income, you know, 
through commissions, whatever, what have you. Since I'm losing out on that time, I would like it given back to me as a mm. bonus or as a pay increase. So they agreed with me. They're like, you know what? That makes sense. We'll give it, we'll, we'll give you free money essentially. So that was the first kind of boost. As time was going along, um, companies changed hands, you know, team leads left or whatever. And I, so the new team leads came in, I was still managing the project. The project stayed very permanent. So I said like, you know what, this project has grown. It's I'm literally managing this project. Technically my title should be project manager and therefore compensation should be adjusted. It should match your, yes. what you're doing. Of course. Yes, of course. So it's like, I'm just making the cases for myself. You know what? They're listening to me. They're saying, you know what? You're absolutely right. Let's go talk, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. Long story short, they're like, here, you know what? We're gonna give you like team lead altogether, like the whole, the whole department pretty much. So they gave me that pay increase, but then I said, skirt, hold on, wait, this is, this is a pay increase plus a title. So technically I should be getting an increase because of the title, not just the, you know? So they're like, you know what? You got us there. <laughs> You're right. So then it got bumped up again. And then what was the last one? The last one was because my manager had a leave for some reason. Yeah. So I took on their responsibilities as long as with two other of my colleagues. Oh, wow. And so we, I made a case for myself and for them at that point that said, Hey, I'm taking on extra work because of this person's absence. They're taking on extra work because of my absence. We all need money. Mm -hmm. Wait, like, I love the fact that you advocated not just for yourself, but for all the, like your colleagues as you well. Have you have to, because you know why? I wouldn't have been in that position to advocate for them if somebody wasn't advocating for me. You have to pay it forward. And then furthermore, to reaffirm, like those, those teammates really had my back in the sense that like, I wouldn't have been able to really be out there to make those asks if they weren't supporting me. And I couldn't like, you know, justify that kind of work. Yeah. So yeah, of course, of course, I'm going to advocate like ride or dies. <laughs> the Corporate writer guys, I'm going to write for them. If they weren't doing shit, I wouldn't be doing shit either. But like, they really did that. And so, and I also find it very important, especially with like, you know, wealth gap disparities, yes. especially for women, especially for black exactly. women. Like I wanted to have that opportunity to, you know, support fellow people of color in like, in my corporate space. And especially with one of them, they're, they're a lot, I don't want to say a lot younger than me, but like they're younger than me. And I want to be that supportive space that I never had when mm. I first went into the corporate space. When I went to the corporate space, especially with company that shall not be named, like there was no people of color having manager titles. Oh, wow. You know, the conversations were managers that were people of color being essentially downgraded. Wow. Or being demoted, claiming, oh, we can't afford certain things. We need to demote your titles, but they're not demoting their titles. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, that's what I saw going, you know, growing up in corporate, in the corporate space. And I just, I love the fact that I can kind of be that catalyst, that change, at least for somebody to say, hey, I've worked in places where I had people that looked like me yes. campaigning for me and helping me. And so, I just, you know, being the change you want to see is very important and I'm glad I can do that for them. But long story short, I got us all our, our bonuses and our bumps up. Her. Right. I even got her an extra week of vacation. Okay. Wow. So yeah. should be the people be 
hitting you up for negotiation <laughs> tips. I mean, this is another thing you could be doing, girl. This is another one of those things you could have to your, you know, everything Honestly, woman. I'm I'm not opposed to it because I do want to. I do want to add, of course, because you know the cost of adding something. I do want to add the concept of uh, consultations for companies because I do feel like mm. a lot of companies use the outdated model of just putting people into the ground of working and not realizing like we're all competent adults. And if you're hiring incompetent adults, that's on you. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you treat people like people, they'll love to be at their job. They'll do a great job. There's tons of studies that show that yeah. happy workers are productive workers. And you know, if it costs you an, a couple extra thousand here or there to keep somebody happy and here doing productive work, rather than you spending, you know, fifteen, twenty five thousand $25,000 having to hire somebody new who's going to burn out in six months because you still don't treat them like, you know, like they're somebody you're wasting time. You're it wasting is time, time and, and money. money and money but it seems it seems like what you just shared here in terms of like how you navigated that process like has three specific things that you did number one is you showed up with receipts although you created that opportunity for yourself you had it documented in order for you to be able to show Absolutely. and tell whether it was man your managers or hr or whoever else was involved in terms of that decision making is to show the like quantifying the fact that you were not only able to you know take on that temporary position but you told me that you know it became permanent and you were even the one managing the whole project and so Absolutely. for people that are listening when it comes to like building your career and trying to you know get your money and get that bread make sure you're keeping receipts documented on all of the contributions that you are making to the company. The second thing I'm hearing a lot of is confidence. I see how confident you are in your own work, as well as in your ability to ask for what you deserve, because that's something that's not easy. It's not easy, but I will say what helps me, at least anyways, is, you know, I don't want to say I'm a perfectionist. I'm definitely not, but I'm extra. So. No, I'm, I'm extra in that sense that somebody will make a chart and it's black and white. My chart will be color coded and organized. Okay. That little extra and above that looks good. That helps people be even for example, just being a little more organized than you normally would in your day to day life. Yeah. Me hits so hard in the corporate world because you know, with, with turnovers and transitions, having a tool that's so easily to navigate brings value to you and just you hearing you're organized makes you so valuable. So, so, and plus when you bring in receipts, the receipts are nice and organized, they're clean, they're visible. You know, my mother actually would teach me growing up when she's like, oh, when you're in your corporate job and you have your whatever, your nine to five keeps, she used to call it keep your star stories. Mm. So those moments where you've gone above and beyond to like, you know, to prove when you have those moments, when you need to have those receipts where you showed up and did above and beyond for the company and 
and be able to demonstrate that like, not only am I giving, I'm giving plus. Therefore, you need to also give plus because if I'm not giving plus and somebody else is just giving, that's automatically less. That's automatically less. So you're losing. So by doing that, like, again, you're demonstrating your value. You're demonstrating your worth. I'm not telling everybody to go above and beyond. Me included, I do not dream of label. Mm-hmm. <laughs> label is not my dream. But if you have those traits or those qualities about you, use them to your advantage yep. and turn that into money. Yeah, 100%, 100%. I really like that. And the, sorry. I got yeah, no side, I got a notification. I'm just gonna close it. You know when I have rabbit brain and I like, Oh yeah, it, no worries. And it just throws you off. And it just throws me off. Yeah. I really like what you mentioned when it comes to, you know, keeping the receipts of like the star stories. And it's this is super important. A black woman, I can say from my own personal experiences, I used to be a little bit scared actually of like sharing my successes even in a workplace because there's this part i would say especially also being an african on top of that where we're almost taught that you know you keep your head down and work hard and people will notice rather than you being your own champion and that's yeah. not how the corporate world it works it. it ain't it if you keep your if you work and you keep your head down They're going to say, oh, look at this tiny little worker. Good for her. We'll give her, you know, we'll give her a small little carrot and she'll be thankful. That's not it. Like, I will say on the flip side, I will share a personal story. I'm not going to name names because I I want this person to feel like I'm dragging them because right now I'm working with them to transition them out of their current industry into a new industry. Okay. But they were working for a company eight years. Oh, wait, eight Okay. Eight years. Usually after, after a time like that, if there's, you know, senior something, director, manager, system at something, no title, no increase in title, barely an increase in pay. Okay. Like literally this person has more increases, increases in pay from the federal minimum wage increases than from their own employer. That's insane. Okay. They are still listed as a part-time worker despite working full-time hours. All these different levels of exploitation. And the thing was, I didn't know personally, like this person is like a close friend. I didn't know any of this because, you know, we're taught never to ask about money. Don't ask yeah. about money. Don't, don't be false in a people's business. But like, if you don't ask, and that's the other thing I will say, that's the top of my list, aside from just creating opportunities and number two, having receipts, number three is asking. Because when you don't ask, you don't know. Yeah. If I didn't ask my other colleagues, hey, in this role, what were you getting? I wouldn't have known that I was technically being mm. underpaid and calling out my employer for underpaying. Mm. So, uh, so... When you ask and you find out these things, I can tell, like, I can tell this friend, like, whoa, like, this is completely unacceptable. You've been working here way too long to be having this. But then there's that mindset of, you know, keep your head down and do your job and things will be all right. In a society now where half the time you have to work multiple jobs because housing is increasing, groceries are increasing, inflation is happening. Like, the last thing you ever want to think of is losing a job. Mm -hmm. But at it's like do you even have a job if the job isn't paying like 
if inflation is outpacing what you're earning, you're technically earning less. Yeah. So it's like, why are you, you have so many like other discernible skills. Like, why are you settling for this just to quote unquote, be employed? You're better off, you know, using those skills to transition into something different and getting paid more. Hmm. No, hundred percent. Like you're sharing so many amazing gems. And I hope that everyone is like literally taking notes as you're listening. Because I am not that girl boss gatekeeping queen. I <laughs> Gates are open. Open, Please. wide open gates. Wide open, wide open. Seriously, like. One of the things that, again, communication is so important. You don't know if you don't ask. That's true. Right? So it's just like, don't be afraid to ask. If somebody thinks you're false, it's either they're embarrassed. Like, I'm proud to share that I was able to, you know, increase my, you know, my, my income. And that's just day job income. You know, that doesn't include multiple streams. Has to be multiple streams, soft girl era. Like, I'm trying, I'm trying to literally just wake up and choose if I want to show up at my job because mm -hmm. everything else is paid for, mm -hmm. you know? So um, like, I'm not afraid to share and other people shouldn't be afraid to share either because you can't, you can't act on what you don't know. You don't. Yeah. You, you can't ha act on what you don't know. And I, I find that the area where there is the most growth or the most learning is the unknown of the unknown, right? In terms of learning from what you don't know in an area you don't know but absolutely <laughs> no see no so seriously and that's why even like i tell friends i tell family like if you're like oh i'm scared to shift into this this kind of area or i don't know anything guess what there's mm. udemy there's coursera of course there's so many free online courses that you can go on even even if you want to pay for the course there's a lot of affordable courses yeah too. Don't discount because it's not necessarily from a formal institution that it's not education. No. Like there are so many places you can go online. You can learn even just to get the starting knowledge, just so that you have a grasp on certain things and start taking those baby steps into expanding your world because you don't want to be kept in the small bubble, bubble of what you think where you should. Yes. And I, to add on that, especially when it comes to black women or immigrants in general yeah the world already keeps us keeps us in a box the only way for us to come out of that box is to define our own paths and based on the conversation here today i see that you've defined your own path right from the get-go of working within a small business and doing marketing there usually most people the traditional route would be should work for a corporation or you know a business that's a little bit more established because then you know name all of that thing mm -hmm. <laughs> contributes to it but i love the fact that you know you went and decided to work with a small business and all the learnings that came from that then you transitioned to nonprofit, and although had its i guess own interesting yeah. and not yeah. so great parts you were talking about how you were able to like raise half a million within a year like that in itself is more than amazing and then taking the sabbatical which i think is so important sometimes taking time to pause and i love yeah. that you use that time to heal and reevaluate for you and how entrepreneurship while being a tech girly i am in awe and just very grateful to have this conversation with you what would you 
give as advice for, let's say, early professional or someone who is still in university, what would you recommend to them in terms of like their career? I'm going to, okay, my the advice I'm about to give is full disclaimer, I may or may not tell this to my studying girlies that work under me right now, <laughs> but put yourselves first. Ooh. Put yourselves first because you know what? Corporations are always going to be there. As much as they want to say jobs are hard, jobs are always going to be there, especially when you've got the education. Focus on you. I always tell, or allegedly, <laughs> I allegedly say to my girlies right now, like, if they're in school, especially if they have exams or things, I say, like, I don't want you overwhelmed. Mm. The job is going to be here. We're not going to crumble. Not to say you're not valuable. You bring value, but, like, we're, we're, we'll be okay. What's more important is that you're okay. So don't don't try to kill yourself to make sure that this certain project is here and that like manage expectations but manage your own expectations if you need to study study and communicate to your manager whoever that is hey i might have to take an extra day off or extra two days because i need to study for this it's really important and if they're giving you a hard time just say like look this needs to come first i can figure it out in lieu time i can like compromise with them to figure out an alternative but first and foremost put you first put you first there's only one you there's only so one many companies but there's only one you so that's my that's my number one advice and like you're trying to get your education you paid for that the company's not paying for it that's your that's your name on that check mm -hmm. so put you first you invested in yourself you deserve to give yourself the time that you need to do that everything will work out Everything will work out. Everything will work out, Stripe Tribe. So thank you so much, Lola. Ola, Lola? Well, on Instagram, it's Ola Miss, Ola dot Miss dot Lola. Okay. Without the H. So O-L-A dot M-S dot L-O-L-A. <laughs> but, you know, I go by Lola. And then obviously my podcast page is This Black Girl Podcast. So yes. you can send me a message. You can send me a DM. We can have chit chat. If there's any questions, you know, concerns, people want to consult and figure out things. Of course. Like I said, gates are open. <laughs> gates are wide open. Uh, I'm going to also have more details in terms of how you can reach out to Lola in the show notes. But plug yourself real quick. How can people find you? I mean, you mentioned Instagram and um, yeah, Instagram earlier and your podcast. Any mm -hmm. other channels that people can reach out to you that you would like them to? Right now, I guess Instagram's the easiest way to get get a hold of Perfect. me. Just because emails are not my preference. <laughs> emails, I save the emails for like, you know, stuffy proposal stuff. But if you want to kiki, you want to have a chat, you want to, you know, stuff like that. Instagram's the, the best Perfect. way to kind of knock at my door and hit me up. If it is a bit longer, a little too long form for Instagram, you can totally email me Ola Miss Lola with no dots, Gmail, or you can email the show at thisblackgirlpodcast at gmail.com as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Y'all make sure to reach out to her and make sure to go listen to her podcast as well. Thank you so much for joining us today on this Strife Chat and we'll see you next time. Take care. Thank you. Take care.